Hello and welcome to Mind Body Sleep, the podcast for anyone out there who wants to understand and recover from insomnia using a holistic perspective. I'm Beth Kendall, your host. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today I am very excited to be joined by intuitive eating and body image coach Talia Cooper. Welcome, Yay. Talia. Hi. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm so excited about this conversation. And just to give the listeners a little bit of context about today's conversation, Talia reached out to me about a month ago in response to my free email course. And, you know, people will often and share a little note or an aha about what they learned in the course, which of course always makes me so happy. But Talia, you sent along this beautiful letter and you talked about- (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was, and I loved it. You talked about your experience with sleep and I was just blown away by the way you filtered your takeaways through the lens of what you do in the world, which is help people feel comfortable in their bodies again, and how control can often backfire when it comes to these very intuitive aspects of our being, like sleeping and eating. And I was just so fascinated by everything that you said. So first, tell us a bit about you and how your sleep troubles started. Totally, yeah, thanks so much, Beth. Um, well, yeah, I mean, so I would say that growing up and for most of my life, I would have said I was a perfectly fine sleeper, like not amazing, not terrible, but perfectly fine. And then last year, actually almost exactly a year ago, I had a baby and leading up to that, I, you know, everyone talks about sleep being hard as new parents. I definitely was expecting that. And I was pretty nervous. It was probably one of the top things I was nervous about, Um, was sleep. So I knew, I knew sleep was going to be a journey. And I have to say that it was a journey, but it was a pretty different journey than I thought it would be. At the beginning, it was, it was actually pretty much what I expected. You know, babies have to eat all the time. So you're just awake a lot and breastfeeding a lot. And that was, that was sort of what I expected. Um, But then my baby started to be able to sleep longer and longer stretches. And I would get so anxious because I'd be like, okay, like she fell asleep. Now's my moment. (laughs) Like, and she's going to wake up in a couple hours. I would get really anxious about it and I wouldn't fall asleep. (laughs) And I was like, okay, you know, like at some point I'll, I'll refigure out how to sleep again. I mean, I think it was hard, but I also sort of had expected this. Mm-hmm. And then after a few months, we ended up actually hiring like a baby sleep coach mm-hmm. uh, who helped my helped us sort of work with our daughter to learn um, independent sleep skills. And I was really anxious about that, but it went great. She like loves, <laughs> she loves sleep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. She's a human. She loves That's sleep. Nice. Turns out. <laughs> she has a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> and she started sleeping through the night. And I was like, okay, well, this is great. You know, now I will sleep through the night. And I still wasn't. I was still sort mm-hmm. of like having that same same thing of just like feeling anxious and ready mm-hmm. to jump up and help her, but she didn't need my help anymore. You know, and I was just like, I started to feel like something had broken in me. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know how to sleep anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's Beth. That is when I started the Google research. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. So it started, you know, with the teas and then the, mm-hmm. just more and more things. I mean, I know you know this journey, but I yep. started adding mm-hmm. on more and more things of like, here's how to sleep. Yep. Uh, 
woof. <laughs> yep. The effort, the efforting starts. The efforting started. Yep. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for sharing this. I think a lot of postpartum moms will relate to this experience because it is such a common like precipitating factor where I remember you saying in your letter, when you didn't start sleeping on the timeline that you thought you should be sleeping, that was sort of the beginning of the shift of starting to go down the, the route of, you know, trying to sleep, right? Yep, mm -hmm. exactly. And just trying more and more. And the thing was that it, all the things would sort of work initially. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd be like, I mean, not all of them, but some of them would work initially. And I'd be like, okay, this is great. I've unlocked the secret, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then if I ever had a bad night, I would be like doing like a, what's it called? Like a postmortem. Like what, what did I, what yeah. went wrong? What did I not do? Yeah. Oh, I only got, you know, five minutes of morning sun. I should have done 10, you know, yes. like just getting really detailed. Yep. Um, yep. The full analysis. Yes. Full analysis. Yep. Yep. Totally. Totally. <laughs> and I'd be doing that in bed when I was not sleeping, yeah. you know, I'd be going while I was trying to fall back asleep. I was going through like what went wrong. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things you said in your email, you wrote, as an intuitive eating coach, I'm surprised that I didn't recognize that I was going into perfectionist rule following mode when I added in more and more sleep rules to try and fix my sleep. So tell us a little bit more about that realization. Yes. So... <laughs> I'm, it's so funny to me now because I'm like, there were so many clues back mm -hmm. that I, I think in hindsight, I'm like, you know, I did have that little like tickle in the back of my mind that something was off. Mm -hmm. But I, it took me, it took me until I read your email course to like mm -hmm. actually pick up on what was going on. But yeah, you know, I mean, as an intuitive eating coach, I teach people how to let go of all the accumulated food rules. And I am mm -hmm. someone who used to have accumulated food rules um, to trust their body, to know, you know, what it wants to eat and when and how much, and also not to be perfectionist about any of that because our bodies, you know, our bodies know how to handle things. Yeah. And when I used to struggle around eating stuff, it would just... I, I would add all these different food rules on and it felt rigid mm -hmm. and I could tell at the time that it was rigid and that it was not giving me the like flexible creative spirit that I believed to be inherent to who I was. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I couldn't see a way out at the time. Mm -hmm. And that was just... <laughs> what happened with sleep as well as I could feel myself getting more rigid about here's what time I have to be, you know, on the couch, drinking this tea, reading a book with the little lights, you know, and here's like, here's how it has to go. But I was struggling to see my way out. And, you know, it's interesting because all these blogs that I was reading and, and podcasts that I was listening to to try to get my sleep tips from, they use the term optimization, right? And mm -hmm. it's like how to optimize this for sleep, how to optimize this for energy. And um, it felt so compelling mm -hmm. <laughs> that something about optimize, it was really compelling to me. And I could see that the same people, the same bloggers and podcasters had entries about how to optimize your diet. So I, and I was like, well, that I don't believe in that. I know is not mm -hmm. in my 
mindset and I let go of that, but I'll take their optimizing sleep. That's different. And again, I could feel that tickle in the back of my brain being like, is it different? Is it, is it different if it's feeling the same in my body, but being like, no, 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 it's different. It's different. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I read your email course, that was when it all just sort of clicked for me, like rigid rules are rigid rules. <laughs> and it seems that that's what I need to keep examining in myself is if I have that feeling in my body that I'm doing a rigid behavior, mm -hmm. it's worth examining and just noticing like, okay, so I have that tendency, <laughs> you know, within me. Yes, and I, yes. After I read your email, of course, I called up my friend Zoe and I was like, oh my God, Zoe, like I did it again. You know, <laughs> I did the thing where I created all these rigid rules for myself and now I have to go through the process of letting go. And she was like, well, good news, Talia. With eating, it took you years. With mm -hmm. the sleep, it sounds like it took you about nine months. Yeah. Uh, so the good news is the lesson you learn over and over again in life sometimes at least gets a little bit faster. Yes, yes. Oh, I just I, I am with you so much on this and how you sort of had like I had so much of this understanding and I, I, I don't think I mentioned but I've got a nutri nutritional therapy uh, background and I, I, I'm very much in line with um, not putting a lot of rules or anything around, you know, food, because I think it can have the same kind of paradoxical effect that it can have with sleep. And, you know, I was very knowledgeable in the whole mind body realm, but I wasn't applying any of it to insomnia. Yeah. And it was so weird. It was almost like insomnia had this separate category. You know, <laughs> it was like, well, that's for everything, but not insomnia, because this is a sleep problem. Yeah. And I've got it, you know, like hit it from the fixing sleep standpoint, but also to your point, like how we do sort of get this optimization message out there everywhere. Yeah. And it's, it's very easy to get knocked out of that understanding that sleep is passive. And there's like, yeah. there's virtually nothing we need to do except be awake during the day. And that is literally it. And you've got everything you, you already need, you know, inside yeah. of you to, um, to sleep at night. So it is, can be tricky sometimes to keep this knowingness inside of you that no, we all have these innate abilities to heal and sleep and our bodies are always, you know, working in our favor and striving for balance and calibration yes. and all of these things. And yeah, when you were talking about the optimization, I always say there's these two conversations happening. There's the yes, the sleep optimization, which has value for for somebody perhaps that doesn't have insomnia. <laughs> but that that conversation can often lead to insomnia. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, and I'm sure it's the same for you with with, you know, diets or or things along those lines. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And actually something just clicked for me. Another thing clicked for me when you were talking, which is that, um, you know, I think I said in my email to you that it was a wild experience to read your writing because you use a lot of the same language that I do. Mm -hmm. um, and again, just sleep and food. And just another similarity pop up for me now, which is the term equilibrium is also a term that I use a lot with my clients, which is trusting our body's equilibrium mm -hmm. and that our bodies are going to be the size that they are meant to be. And all we have to do is get out of our own way. And I'm like, yes. ah, it's just clicking for me that it was the same with sleep. I was not trusting my body's 
ability to find equilibrium in sleep when I was going down those, the optimization rabbit hole. (laughs) Yes. Oh yeah. And I think like, it's, it's so understandable when, you know, of course we have these sleep disruptions, um, throughout life, you know, whether it's having a baby or going through an illness or a grieving process or whatever comes up. And then the event either resolves or passes and sleep, you know, kind of comes back on track. But then if there's some threshold in the mind that gets passed that it hasn't snapped back as fast as it normally would, or, you know, some little thought comes in like, well, I should be sleeping now. And then starts the whole, the whole rabbit hole, (laughs) you know, experience that, you know, you went down and so many do. So I'm just, and you know, I was going to also, I was looking for where you, you made a comment about you were putting the pieces together with the sleep coach that you hired for your baby, but then you, you understood that your baby didn't have the hyper arousal piece come into it. I would love to hear more about that. Yeah. So, you know, like working with the baby sleep coach was a really great experience. And that whole, you know, there's people have, there's a thousand thoughts about baby sleep out there and mm-hmm. uh, lots of feelings about that. But the the person that we worked with, the, their methodology was sort of what you're saying, which is that all you need to sleep really is to have been awake for mm-hmm. an appropriate amount of time. And so she was teaching us how to read our baby's cues to have it be the appropriate amount of time awake. But there's also, you know, we do a whole bedtime routine and there's all this stuff we do. And I think that it was easy for my mind to then translate this to, okay, well, the bedtime routine plus the proper awake time for a baby equaled really successful sleep for her. So that ended up translating to me like, oh, therefore I need to do Mm. all the right things. I need to have the right bedtime routine and I need to have the exact right amount of whatever in order for sleep to work for me. But there were a couple of things missing in that translation, which was one, the bedtime routine for my baby is not what helps her sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what creates secure attachment and predictability mm-hmm. and love. And that, you know, sure, in, in a bigger sense, that of course helps her sleep. She knows she's loved and to predict the same things, but like that is not in and of itself what's helping her sleep. And I wasn't connecting that. And two, she was sleeping because she was awake the right amount of time and didn't have hyper arousal. I was not sleeping, even though I created a whole bedtime routine for myself and followed all the things because I was then getting in bed being like, did I do all the things? (laughs) Did I do them correctly? Mm. You know, am I a good person? Am I being a good sleep attempter? And so it just sort of clicked for me that it was like, that's the difference for us. Yeah. Yeah. They just, you know, they're so, they're so new to life. They haven't had time to learn any, any fear around sleep or, or anything like that, you know, where, you know, as as adults have a little bit more time on this planet. (laughs) So that factor can come into it sometimes. But yeah, I thought that was so fascinating how you made that connection. Like, well, she doesn't have the hyper arousal piece. So she just loves sleep. (laughs) Yeah. They just fall asleep. 
Yeah. And we still have that ability as adults, you know, it doesn't really leave us, but then we start thinking about it. You know, we just, we think about it and that's what can, exactly. yeah, exactly. And so, it's the same with food as well. You know, this is what yes. I tell my clients is that um, with intuitive eating, I'm not actually trying to teach them like a new skill. I'm like, I'm actually just trying to help you relearn what you knew how to do as a baby, which is all babies know when they're hungry. I mean, there might be some exceptions, but for the most part, kids know when they are hungry and when they are full and what they want to eat. And like, you know, my baby, when she is full, she will just push food away. She's so clear. Yes. And, you know, that's that again is so innate within all of us. And we're just relearning how to trust that process. Oh, beautifully said. Oh, I just love it. I just got chills. Yeah. I always say the same thing. I'm not, I'm not, teaching you how to sleep. I'm not fixing your sleep. I'm guiding you back to what your body already knows, which is how to sleep. And I'm so curious. I, you know, I had a chance to, to look at your website and just look at the work you're doing. And I'm curious what the major influences in your life were that brought you to the current relationship that you have with yourself and your body and the work you do. Yeah. Well, you know, as I alluded to before, I had my own struggles with eating. I, I do not say that I had an eating disorder, but I had sort of disordered eating, as some people say. And again, it was it started somewhat benignly. I don't know if that's the right term to say, but after going through a major breakup, I think I was looking for things to control, right? And the allure of control is just so strong for many of us, myself included. Um, And I wanted to control my health. I wanted to feel healthy. And so I started cutting out some foods from my diet and then cutting out more and more. And then I like downloaded a calorie tracking app and started doing more and more exercise. And it just, again, and it's like the way that this kind of added up felt very similar to what happened with sleep, where it just started with good intentions in some ways and then just mm-hmm. went down the rabbit hole. And I just I remember hitting a moment in my life where I was like, I kind of stepped outside of it and I was like, oh, this will turn into an eating disorder. Like that's the path that I'm headed on. And if I keep going, that's what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And I need to choose a different path. So at that time, I think my friend, uh, Rachel Marcus was doing this sort of like body positive personal training. And I was like looking at her website for inspiration. And I ended up finding out about intuitive eating. Mm. Uh, and then I took courses with Isabel Fox and Duke and Virgie Tovar and learned all about intuitive eating and trusting my body. And it was just this, yeah, wild experience of being like, okay, like I chose, I chose the other path. I see what, where I was about to go and I was able to choose a different path, which I'm just so grateful for all those people who taught me so much. And then after many years of that, I ended up getting uh, certified as an intuitive eating coach and as a life coach so that I could then support other people on this journey. And I love, I mean, I love it. I love getting to work with people, you know, I imagine you find a similar thing with sleep, but because our bodies and food is just connected to so much, mm-hmm. if people come to coaching sessions expect, expecting that, you know, they're just going to work on food. They're just going to yeah. work on how much they hated their body when they looked in the mirror this morning. And of course it ends up being about everything in life. Yeah. Uh, and I love that. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. I think that that is so true. And I think that sometimes when these patterns show up in our lives and they're around things that 
you really can't avoid, you know, because you've got to eat, you've got to sleep. So they can be very loud messages. Yes. <laughs> and you really can't like, it's like, okay, I'm going to have to, you know, look at this. And, and it's the same thing when people come through my program, they're surprised at how much it applies to life. It's not, yes. even, it's not even about the sleep. It's not about the food. It's, it's surprising how, how it's about everything else. So tell everyone where they can find you um, in the work that you do. Yeah, so uh, folks can find my work on my website, taliacoopercoaching.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at EntirelyTalia. I admit that I do less posting on all of these things now that I have a baby, but I still send out a blog about once a month where I share different thoughts about bodies and food and body trust, sometimes just life. And I might, I might try to write a blog about uh, the sleep and eating connection as well. So if your listeners want to check that out, they can go to tallycoopercoaching.com. And also that's where you can sign up to get this approximately monthly email um, or follow me on Instagram for tips and tricks and fun times. Oh, I hope you do. I hope you write something. I think it would help a lot of people. I think a lot of people are struggling with sleep right now. So I hope that that ripples out into the world. And you know, you wrote at the very end or somewhere it was close to the end of of your letter this beautiful passage and you said thanks so much beth for helping me reroute my car it seems the lesson i am destined to learn over and over in life is to release rigidities and trust my body which i was like oh again i'm getting the goosebumps <laughs> and you know i've been thinking about some sort of you know signature sign-off question for my podcast guests and i'm leaning towards asking this one what are a few of the silver linings that can come with the experience of insomnia or what were they for you yeah i love that yeah i i have a big one i think which is that i'm actually so grateful that I got obsessed with the morning lights um, because I don't think I would have done that without this rabbit hole that I went down. Mm. And now I actually love it. And I was, I was writing to you, like, it, it does remind me of the moment some of my clients have where they're like, oh, I actually still like salad. Or like, I still like my exercise class or whatever, like insert habit that I previously only did because I thought I had to do it to be healthy or to be thin or whatever. But now it turns out I actually like it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I sort of feel that way about some of the like sleep routine stuff, particularly the morning light. So we got in this habit of every morning going outside and breastfeeding my daughter on the stoop. Mm. And I just love it so much. It's like my favorite ritual but now it's even better because it's not attached to rigidities. So like, yeah, back then we were doing it rain or shine and it was a little absurd. And now I'm like, if it's raining really hard, I don't have to do it. But I really enjoy it on the mornings when it's nice. So now you're doing it because you want to and not because you have to. And there's no goal attached to it. It's just, there is, really, just the it's lovely just thing. beauty. Yeah, yeah, it's just like. It makes me so happy. And again, I think it makes me happier now that it's not about a rule. Exactly. How how old is your daughter now? She will be one in two days. Oh, <laughs> are you having a birthday party? We are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again, Talia, for 
talking with us today and for sharing the lovely words that you did. It meant the world to me. And uh, I look forward to keeping up with, with what you do. Thanks so much, Beth. This was such a blast. And I'm so excited to keep following your podcast and hearing your wisdom. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Talia, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks, Beth. Bye-bye. Thanks for being here today. If you love what you heard on today's episode, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe to the podcast. And if you need more support with your sleep, join me in the Mind Body Sleep Mentorship. This three-month one-on-one program will transform your relationship with sleep so you can get back to living the life that you love, free from the fear of not sleeping. Head on over to BethKendall.com for more details. I'll see you next time.